Hi, welcome to the Ellis Talker Show. I'm DV LeBron, and today I got a very special guest. I have Mr. Mike Dillo, who is running for MISD School Board, place four. How are you doing, Mr. Dillo? I'm doing great. We survived the storms of yesterday and the rain of today, and we're moving on. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And and it's that time of season when, uh, when yeah, you get uh, DQ roofs being blown off. <laughs> so the, those people out in Ennis, I'm glad that they're okay. They're being moved in other directions. Definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah, you're running for, for the school board. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of new people here. The, there's a lot of people moving here. And I wanted to kind of get you to go ahead and introduce yourself to the people of Midlothian, the parents of Midlothian. Absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you for having me here. I know it's been a long time coming. Oh, but it's great to be here. Um, I'm Mike Dill. I'm running for school board, place four. First of all, I'm a Christian. Second of all, I'm a husband. I'm a grandfather. I'm a PE. I'm a registered professional engineer. I graduated from Texas A&M University. I've been married to my wife, Vicki, of over 40 years. Um, I have six great, wonderful children and 10 grandchildren. In 1990, we moved here and we made Midlothian our home. Um, I've served on various, um, like 4-H and things around the, the neighborhood. And um, I'm a member of the Ellis A&M Club. I'm the vice president of high school relations, and I serve on the scholarship committee. I actually head it up, and that's one of the great things in life. I get to go around and pass out scholarships to deserving students in our area. Wow. And um, 1990, so you have made this your home, definitely. Oh, we came here when it was small, like 5,000 population, and watched it grow. It, it has been exciting to us. We really love this place. So, Mike, why, why uh, school board? Um, let's go back, DB. I, I, I want to broach something that's been asked. I do have six children and none of them have attended MISD school. And I'll just um, state that as a fact. Um, I believe in parental choice and with my work and when I travel, that's what we did. We did what was right for our children. But I tell you what, I have six children that are members of the community. People know them. They're very active. They are great. And from them, I have 10 wonderful grandchildren. And of those grandchildren, two are currently enrolled in Midlothian School. And there's eight more coming. If that's not a reason to run for this school board for a place to serve our, my community, I don't know what is. Yeah, and, and and I'm glad you addressed that because that that is definitely a concern. But you we all have different ties to the school system. Um, if they're, if they're taking taxes out of your mortgage, you have a tie to the school system, you know? So, uh, um, I, uh, I definitely appreciate that, that, re that response. Now I wanted to ask you, so you told me why you want board. What do you bring to the school board? What would, what would Mike Dillo bring to that board? I bring honesty. I bring integrity. I bring leadership. I bring the ability to pull people together towards a common focus. I know how to run budgets. I know how to run projects. And we just look at the school district as a project. We have an end goal of educating our children, providing our children the best education we can. 
And that is what I'm going to bring to the school board, a way to do that, to pull our members together, to focus on providing our next generation with a great education. Good. Uh, principal leadership is definitely needed. So it's a board. You don't get to make one decision or, or the other. It's, it's done together. What will you do to foster that, that relationship between other, other board members in order to um, complete the mission of the board? Well, I'm just one of seven on the board. Um, it's a team project. It's like everything you do, you need to keep focus on the end result. Our end result is the education of our children the best way we can. Whatever we do, we're going to decide, is that the best for the education of our children? Um, the board recently adopted a scorecard, um, and that's a way to help keep that in check. So when things come up, they stay focused on the main thing and allow the other things to still be up there where they could see them. But the main focus on it is the education of our children. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, that have been very, very vocal online, and I know online it's its own little world, um, but it, it, it is out there. And it's always being talked about constantly. And I kind of, I really didn't even want to bring it up. But um, the big debate or big uh, talk uh, in the school boards around this country is how our how our school board is responding to the needs of the parents. Um, uh, some of the things that are being taught to the kids, and of course, you know, CRT is the big word, um, or variants of, or principles of, and and how SEL um, applies to that. So I, I wanted you to go ahead and give me your thoughts on. CRT, SEL, if they relate, do they relate? Because um, that's been a big topic. And and the, your, your, uh, your uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> the other person running for your race, Ms. Krupala, has addressed this issue a lot. And I wanted to get you to address it too. Okay. I come with some aids here because I'm going to read you through some stuff. First of all, critical race theory, social, emotional learning, Let's just say if they are, because when I visited with teachers, some say it's here. And when I visit with some, they don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So I think they're teaching, but they really don't know what they got because at some levels it's very elementary and some level it's, it's very hard. So let me bring you something. Uh, SB 11 passed in 2019. That drives us down to the education code 29906. And that talks about, um, the Texas Administrative Code, Chapter 115, and the Texas Administration Code, Chapter 120, which is character traits. 115 is the good stuff that talks about courage, trustworthiness, integrity, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, good citizenship. Those are stuff that have been taught in our homes and it's taught by our teachers for ages. That is what they look for in their classroom. School pride, gratitude. Now, when you get into the 115 portion or the 120 portion, that's where you get the other part. Students are expected to develop an awareness of self-identity, as well as recognize multiple perspectives, differences and diversity, biases, and the social and cultural content in which they live. Now, some people say, well, that doesn't mean anything. Where's the proof? Well, here's the proof. I got a letter from the White House, President Joe Biden and First Lady. And they are recognizing that March 11th is International Social Emotional Learning Day. 
they didn't just send this out to a few states across the top of the of the country where they have these parents that are speaking out. They're really educating themselves. They're talking. This is there, and they don't like it in their schools. And he goes further to say, and my administration is committed to containing our work, to continuing our work with leaders and educators across our nation to integrate social and emotional learning into America's schools, organizations, and communities. And so you go a little bit further, where's the, where's the more evidence in it? We accept ESSER funds. Elementary, secondary school, emergency relief funds. And if you look on our school webpage, I'll tell you that 20% of that is being used for social and emotional learning. And in the board on January 24th of this year, they accepted a donation from Google for $100,000 to be spent on social emotional learning. And if that's not enough, let me read you an excerpt about the, the ESSER money does come from the feds. In case I brought that, that's that free money they give us. There's no such thing as free money. Free money has strings attached, and that's how they work to get the program into our schools. But this is a, a video that was taught in one of our fourth or fifth grade classes. It's a morbid video. It's really um, emotional when I watched it. Um, it's about five minutes long. It depicted a cat family. This cat family has human feelings. No words are used in this video except one. They start out in a cemetery with a dad, a mom, and a baby looking at the graveside, probably of a sister. They show a picture of a young person cat. There's piano music in the background. And then later, the next picture, the family's back at home trying to cope with life after the loss of the death of this um, family member. So they're living at life, trying to move on. They're, they're sad. They're not very happy. And then mom gets sick. It shows her getting sick and falling over. And next thing you know, they take her to the hospital. She's in an isolated room with dad and the baby outside, just tapping on the glass, you know, trying to get mom's attention. She's just lying on a bed. There's nobody in the room with her. There's nobody else in the hospital, just the dad and the baby. Then mom starts jerking in this video like she's dying, like up and down. And dad is going nuts. He's tapping on the glass, trying to get her attention. He runs down the hall. There's nobody there. He comes back and he puts the baby down and he goes inside that room and he holds her. He holds her and she dies in his arms. And the next scene is this baby cat sitting at this table all by himself. There's nobody with him. And he's sitting there looking and it's so depressing. And it, you look at it, and these are the emotions they're playing with in our children. Our students were asked to summarize this video. This plays on the emotion of our children. Children have emotion. I've raised six kids and I promise you they have emotion. And the best persons, persons that can deal with these emotions is mom and dad, not a school, not a teacher that can't deal with them at home. It's right there. Mom and dad, we deal with them. We watch them. We grow. We know the emotions of our children. Yeah. And the way this video ends, that baby cat is sitting there sad. 
and it takes its toy doll and it looks like it's drowning it in its cereal. And this is the emotional learning they want our children to learn. What we're doing is having our children learn something, children learn something that is unnatural. It's above their means. We are teaching our children what to think, not how to think. These emotional classes teach them what to think, not how to think. We need our children learning how to think. That's how they would grow and develop. That's how they could get the education they need, learning how to think to grow. You, you mentioned that um, the ESSER funds and how um, it transported in the ESSER funds. So I wanted to ask you, um, should something like that arise again? and come to the board um how are you going to look at it and vote for it um if if they sell they say hey you know mr dillo if, if you vote for this the special education kids are going to get more um they're going to get more uh things to work with and 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 ways to learn and and um maybe um more advanced for dyslexia if you vote for this um what are you going to do with that i'm going to find other ways Sex education can be taught at home and it probably should be taught at home because the excess sex education we may get through our schools will carry drastic consequences that parents won't even know about gender identity and stuff like that. Yes, we need to reach out to our special needs kids. We need to get them the education. We need to get them what they need, but I don't think we need to make our kids suffer through more social and emotional learning. Let's think out of the box. Let's find another way. There's got to be a way we can get all of our kids the training they need to be successful so that they can have a great education without making the other kids suffer for something that we know better about. So, Mike, I'm going to back up a little bit. Mr. Dillo, I'm sorry. I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, the Can you tell the viewers, in your in your opinion, what is the proper role of the school board in the lives of the people of Melotian? The proper role of the school board is to hire our superintendent and to evaluate our superintendent. We set policies. We approve budgets. We set tax rates. That's how we work to bring accountability and responsibility to our school board. We are a member of the community elected to serve. And we need to take our responsibilities seriously. We need to come prepared. We need to bring our material ready to discuss. Open discussion is good. That's what the people need to see, that we are actually discussing stuff. And we have a true reason why we're voting the way we vote. So, Mr. Dillo, what do you do with a parent that comes to you and says, well, Mr. Dillo, um, you know, this, the kids need this, this, uh, this uh you know sex education and there's positive things to it and and um they come in with a different point of view mr dillo how do you deal with that parent since if you're elected you will be representing them too yes well i will yes i will um in my campaign i got to meet very wonderful people and people push me towards community leaders and one of the things i noticed and learned from them they are great listeners. They'll ask you a question and then they'll listen to how you respond. 
because that's the way they know what's going on. We as board members need to listen to our community. We need to listen that don't those that don't disagree with us. We need to be able to understand their point of view and not just say, well, I'm sorry, that's what I did. That is not acceptable. You have to listen. You have to talk to them. You have to understand where they're coming from. There are things out there that we can look at differently. Maybe through talking and visiting, we could show, well, let's find another way to meet that need. It doesn't always have to be a, a disagreement that we walk away from. Maybe we can think outside of the box. I've been team building all my life. For 38 years, I've been bringing people together on projects, projects of great magnitude. And they have a difference of opinion. When you talk in money, they have a difference of opinion. So you have to bring them together, realize the common goal, common ground. And our common ground is the education of our children. We must seek to give them a great education. We must get them learning the basics, reading, writing, math, arithmetic. Wouldn't it be great if your children come home to find Ukraine on the map and have a discussion about what's going on in, in the world? I think parents would appreciate having that conversation with their children. Okay. Well, I mean, that definitely wanted to discuss the social topics. That's, that's big now. Um, but another thing that's big is property taxes and the biggest part of the property taxes, uh, here in California, or I'm sorry, here in Texas, I'm so sorry. It's been a long day. So the biggest, part of uh, property taxes is the schools and there's a lot of people who are being taxed out of their homes and and so when when the time comes for you to vote on taxes is that something you're going to take into it um, how do you balance that with the needs of the school district you know uh, the revenue that it needs to function that is a great question and in my walk meeting people understanding the issues. I met a family that told me they can't take much more of this. They work two jobs, they do what they can, and their taxes keep going up. They moved to Midlothian. This was the place they wanted to come to to raise their family, to grow their children, to educate their children. This is their forever home. They were gonna live here, raise their kids, the kids go off and they're still here. But now they're wondering how much long, how much longer this can go on. There is rising taxes. The inflation of the home has gone astronomical. You know, you'd be sitting in a $200,000 home. You get to notice from the tax board, it's a $350,000 home. So what do we do about this? Well, we need to be responsible for the taxes that are levied against them. We need to make sure that they are appropriate. We need to get a true budget from our administration and our superintendent on what their needs are, not what they can get from taxes and the portion of it, but what are their true needs? And we need to balance that back towards the tax rate so it is appropriate for our needs of running a school district without developing a huge saving plan behind us. I know there needs to keep a three month window of um, expenditures in case something could go wrong, but you need to make sure it's just that and nothing more. We need to get our tax rate, our tax rate as low as possible so our citizens can continue to stay here. We don't wanna look up and find out everybody's leaving us because they're getting these huge rates for the houses, which they might not get if we don't get the education level up where parents wanna move here. Who wants to move to a so-so education Oh, 
it's not an A or a B, it's, it's whatever it is. No, we need to have excellence in education. That was a discussion that I had with, um, with a, a board member that people come to the community for the schools. Uh, face it, they come, they come for the schools. They yes. want to put their kids in good schools. So um, one of the things that were mentioned, you know, that, that I've seen is there's been big academic loss. There's been huge academic loss um, because of COVID and, and shutdowns and and there's there's various reasons, but the test scores do not lie. Every single demographic has taken a hit, uh, especially you know some some minority communities have taken and and special needs they've taken a hit. So, what can we do or what can you do as a board member to try to improve this? We've got to get our education right. We need to figure out a strategic recovery plan where we can get our education right, where our kids are learning. They're growing, they're developing, they're getting better each time. They're through the strategic plan that I hope we're getting from our superintendent. It's got to address everything. It's got to address the kitchen education. We've got to see a return on our investment so we know things are going in the right direction. But the best thing we could do is focus on education, move that social curriculum out of our school so we could focus on teaching reading, writing, math, geography, chemistry, skills that propel our children into the 21st century. We have to do that. That way we get a better value for our homes, our education. It all pulls together. If the education's better, the homes are more valuable. People come here. We don't want to be building in a growth pattern if we can't get our education where people want to come here. Special needs funding, and this is along with academics because special needs took probably the biggest hit of, you know, of all the students. So that funding, nor normally what happens with special education is that it has a bunch of mandates that come down from everywhere, from Washington, from the state. It, it has mandates galore but there's usually very little money attached to that. And it falls on the local schools to, to get the money for it or to provide or in order to, um, to get these special needs kids where they need to be. So um, what do you think as a board member you'd like to do in order to, to bridge that gap in funding, maybe talking to our local representatives in the state or something to, uh, get some solid funding and solid things for the kids. We need to get a realistic feeling of where our special needs kids are. We need to listen. We need to see what we have. I understand we've got a good special needs program, but I would like to understand if we can do more, if we can be better at it. I, I tell you, I went to the expo and I saw what's called day in a ring with the kids. The FFA kids, the 4-H kids. And that was the most amazing thing I ever saw. These kids had a special needs kids assigned to them. And they allowed them to take their show animals, their pigs, their lambs, their goats, their rabbits, into the ring and walk around. They got to feel that excitement of success. And those students that were with those kids showed them respect, showed them love, showed them concern over everything they're doing. And when you walked around and you saw that happening, it was just totally amazing. 
I am just hats off and honored to have students like that in our district. And I, my wife and I, we were near a couple of special needs teachers with a couple of kids. And, you know, that's a full-time job. My hat's off to those people. I, I, I couldn't do it. Um, they were everywhere watching those kids. We kind of helped corral them into an area because so much excitement. They wanted to get the teacher turned their back for a minute. One of them was getting up and we, you know, we just kind of corralled them back in there. It, it was amazing watching them. And the special needs teachers of our district are amazing people. I, I never knew all that it took to handle some of these kids and their needs. And, you know, it was a humbling sight for me. I, 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 it just made me feel proud. You hear all this stuff that's going on in school and stuff like that. And when you see kids that love and care for kids that they really don't know, they just met them that day. It's just amazing emotional time. And, and I just can't explain it. It was great. Kids have an amazing need of, uh, or amazing way of, of doing those things. They don't have the blocks that we have as adults. They, they just show love um if 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 fostered that way you know they definitely will show love but as a special needs parent i can tell you that 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 system is a normally what ends up happening is a parent has to bring in advocates or lawyers lawyers if they have the money mm -hmm. advocates they cost money too and in order to get the stuff that they need and and the the schools are stuck in a hard place too because you know they have to control their funding. They only have so much funding for these things. So I definitely appreciate you uh, addressing special ed. Well, well, we need to see what the true need is and make sure we're reaching out and accomplishing it. You know, maybe we need to set back and step outside of that box and look at it and assess it one more time. You know, when we set budgets, that's the time to think about that stuff, not after the fact. And I think that they're working on budgets now. Um, if, if you were one man, you know, the one man board, if you, you were the one man board, Mr. Dillo, what in the budget would you like to tackle? I would like to tackle two things in our budget, two things. I want to make sure our teachers are adequately compensated for the work they do. We need to make sure that we bring the best teachers. We keep the best teachers. If we're going to have the best school district, we need to make sure they are respected and paid for what they do. And we also need to do make sure that includes our special needs teachers. I want our school district to be the one that people come to. Let's go down to Midlothian and see how they're doing this. They're doing great. I want them to hear the great things we do. I want us to be the school district that everybody sets their standards by. We were a great school district and we can get back there. We just need to work at it. We need to remove the unnecessary things from our school curriculum. We need to get back to the basics. Let's get the foundation of education right. The reading, the writing, the math. Get our students reading at their grade level. If we don't get them by the third grade, it's going to be tough from there on out. The teachers are going to have to deal with that and work with that. We need to start now. Yeah, and 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 it definitely has to start early. Um, there's been plenty of studies on that, that kind of um, the reading it, and and math and how it builds on each other is definitely important that it's taught early and it's taught good. Those unnecessary elements that would give more time for our teachers to teach. So CTE, 
um, the world is changing and there is a big need. They call it the graying of the trade. There's a lot of a big need for trades, tradespeople. And, and you can a kid could come out of of a, a high school with a trade and make darn good money and continue to progressively get up in 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 what they make um, and uh, most likely not come out with student loan debt, which is huge in this country. Um, so what are your thoughts on CTE and what would you like to see? Career technical education. Yes, I just want you to know that in high school, I was a product of vocational. That's what we called it, vocational training. It was great. It gave me a perspective. It gave me a chance to get out. It gave me an uh, understanding of the business world. Um, I did drafting, and that's where they put me into a organization that would further me and teach me. And that's where I learned the skills that I have. I think vocational school or CTE, as we call it, is great. Not everybody wants a college education. Some people want to go and they want to work. They want to learn a trade. We need to let them. We need to partner with other schools. There are other people doing this. We need to somehow leverage that so we can get it together. Not all of our kids want college. They don't want, they, they can make a great living with their hands, with what they know and they can learn. We need to move that on. That needs to be bigger and bigger. College kids are going to go. We need to give skills. And there are other kids that they just want to do a job. But the vocational stuff is huge. I'm 100% for it. You'll not ever see me back down from it. You know, the I interviewed the superintendent of Waxahachie ISD, and he he announced on my show that they, they had a new program at Marvin Elementary where they were going to do um, – they were going to have kind of a nursing kind of focus on that, a medical focus on it. And they even partnered with Baylor to, to, to help these kids, you know, make the school um, curriculum to, to direct them into kind of the medical uh, field. So that, that kind of stuff, um, that would be great in, in Midlothian. And I'm sure they're doing some of it. I'm not saying they're not. Oh, but yeah, that's, that's they are. They're reaching out. That's a way to give a kid a head start. If they want to go in the nursing school, they walk in there better prepared and they can succeed. Yeah, definitely. Well, unfortunately, Mr. Dillo, this is the this is, uh, you know, has to come to an end eventually. I, I've enjoyed this. We've gotten a lot of good information. I wanted to ask you to go ahead and speak to the people of Melothian. Um you know, give them your shot. I'm going to get out of the way and, and you go ahead and, and give them what you got, sir. I want to thank you for the time. I thank you for listening. I'm Mike Dillo. I'm running for school board place four. I bring you honesty. I bring you integrity. I bring you a willingness to serve on your board. I have the time. I can dedicate it. This is not just something I thought of that I need to do. I've been prepared for this all my life. The things I've gone through, what I've learned, I understand budget, I understand how to build teams. I understand people. We've got to pull together. We need to be building the best education. Our next generation depends upon it. We need to be teaching the basic skills, get our foundations right. If we don't get our foundations right, it's going to be tough for us to see. So let's get back to the education of our students. I'm Mike Dillo, running for School Board Place 4. Thank you for your time. DB, thank you. It was great to be on here with you. And thank you for your service to our country. Oh, I appreciate your support. That that means a lot. Um, 
you know, I, I love have I've had now I've had all the candidates for Melothian school board with the exception of one. Um, you've, you, the people of Melothian can look back at those videos and, and see if there's something that they like or appreciate in, in those candidates running and, um, be more informed as a voter. I, I have, a I have some more people coming on from here to election day. It's going to get real busy. And, and I hope that, uh, you guys will watch. I, I do appreciate your time. Believe me, I, I feel honored that you guys give me your time here. Thank you. I guess we remind the people you important part there. Get out and vote. We need your vote. I need your votes. Come vote. Yeah, definitely go and vote. Well, um, Mr. Dillo, thank you again for coming on, and I appreciate you. Can you stick around? I'll talk to you after the show. May 7th. Be there May 7th. Vote for us. Vote thank for you. Us.